What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And with a win against the Houston Rockets, the Wizards remain undefeated with Mo Wagner in their starting lineup. Um, so that was the second straight game that he started, and now the Wizards are 2-0. Um, I think you can also actually say the same about the Wizards. Or Garrison Matthews hasn't lost a game that he started in his career. He's also 2-0, so good for him. Um, Garrison Matthews, if you are a longtime listener of the pod, you know he's one of my favorite players. Um, but yeah, that game was, like, I'm not going to lie, that was one of the worst basketball games I've watched in a long time. Um, if I wasn't like doing a Wizards podcast, um, I most certainly would not have watched that whole game. Um, the Rockets were missing four of their five best players. Um, they didn't have Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, uh, Victor Oladipo, or one more, Christian Wood in that game. And, you know, the Rockets are already pretty thin as it is. And as it is, the Rockets already are like a fringe playoff team uh, with all those guys. So without all those guys, they it was really ugly. Um, their starting lineup was John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Jay Sean Tate, Daniel House, and David Nwaba. And, like, I love Jay Sean Tate and Daniel House and Dave Nwaba, but, man, I was like, like they had, their sixth man was Ray Spalding. Um, they had, like, Mason Jones playing a bunch of minutes. They, ben McLemore made an appearance. Rudion's Karooks <laughs> didn't play, um, which is funny, but, like, Sterling Brown played 25 minutes. Like, <laughs> this game, this team is not, like, without their four or five of players, obviously, they're not good at all. Um, and the Wizards are pretty much completely healthy. They just didn't have um, Ish Smith, who's kind of been falling out of the rotation for the most part anyways. So 
they pretty much had all the guys that they would want, obviously, besides Thomas Bryant. So, you know, obviously, the Wizards should have won that game. And, you know, they did. They won by 12 points, which is always a good win to win beat any NBA team. Um, and that's the second time this season the Wizards have won back-to-back games, the last time being when they beat the Nets and then, the, like, a really bad Timberwolves team without Carl Anthony Towns. So, um, yeah, so... Good win for the Wizards just to go over the, or no, I'll go over. So the Rockets coming into this game were 11 and 15. Their point differential is minus 1.2, which was 18th in the league. They're 25th in offense with a 107.7 offensive rating and fourth in defense um, with a 108.9 offensive rating. Um, which is actually pretty interesting because Steven Silas, like, is an offensive coach. He was, like, the de facto offensive coordinator for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the best offense of all time last year. Um, so that's actually a pretty interesting stat. And also, like, Man, like Christian Wood is not a good defender. John Wall hasn't been good in defense. Eric Gordon is, I guess, I don't know. That's interesting, actually. I'd love to watch more Rockets games. I haven't watched enough Rockets games this year, I'll be honest. Um, so just going over the four factors and offense rating uh, for this game, the Wizards had an offensive rating of 118, which is like really, really good. Um, and the Rockets had an offensive rating of 107.3, which is not quite as good. But that's like right around where they've been all season. Um, their offense just isn't that good. Um, but obviously <laughs> their offense isn't going to be that good without Oladipo and Christian Wood and Eric Gordon, you know. So it was effective field goal percentage is um, pretty good. Um, didn't turn the ball over that much um, and then got to the free throw line a lot. The Rockets got to the free throw line a ton, um, and, but they turned the ball over a lot. They did not shoot the ball well at all. Um, yeah, so just going over the box score, um, John, John Wall was pretty much the only player on the other team that could dribble and get to the bucket and do anything. Uh, he's also like the only guy that could pass the ball on the entire Rockets team, um, which, I mean, I feel I felt bad for him kind of in that game, um, like the whole John Wall homecoming type thing, and like he just had almost no help uh, relatively on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but he ended up with 20, 29 points. On 26 shots, one of seven from three. Nice to know that John Wall still can't shoot at all. Um, <laughs> he could never shoot in DC. That was like his the big thing that was holding him back from being like like really really like contending for to be one of the better players in the league was just that shot, especially off the dribble. Like it takes him a million years to get. I'm not gonna dig on John Wall. He had a good game, um, but <clears throat> especially considering what he had around him. But 29 points on 31 shooting possessions, not the most efficient game. But again, if you're the only one on your team that can create. It makes it really tough. Um, he had 11 assists, uh, and he is still a really, really good passer. Um, but I'll talk about that in a second. Three rebounds. Um, he was minus 11, which isn't that bad when you played 35 minutes and team lost by 12. Um, let's see. Daniel House had 17 um, on 6 to 10 shooting. Uh, Jay Sean Tate had 18 on 8 to 12 shooting. Demarcus Cousins had 12 points. Um, only played 20 minutes on the night. Dave Nuala played the most minutes out of anyone with 41. And he had 19 points on 7 to 10 shooting. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Their bench only scored, let's see, 13, 22, 24 points. And the whole team scored 119. So yeah, that kind of tells you how much depth that they have. Um, for the Wizards, um, pretty balanced all around. Besides, obviously, Beal is awesome. He scored 37 points. It's plus 15 on the night. Um, 14 to 24 from the field, 6 of 8 from the line. So 37 points on 28 shooting possessions is awesome. Um, Russell Westbrook, triple-double, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about triple-doubles whatsoever. He was the worst starter, probably. I mean, I guess Garrison Matthews barely played, so it's hard to make that assessment, but not a good game from Westbrook. Um, 16 points, 15 rebounds. 
or 13 rebounds, 15 assists. Uh, 15 assists is actually an awesome number, though, um, which is my favorite part of Westbrook's games still is his playmaking ability. Um, 8 of 22 um, from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. Only got the line one time. Um, let's see. Mo Wagner had another really, really strong game, 15 points, uh, 6 of 10 shooting, uh, was good on defense, had four steals. Um, steals obviously isn't the greatest stat of all time. Because uh, Mo Wagner does gamble sometimes and leaves him completely out of position. But to get four steals, that's pretty good. Um, Breton's probably one of his better games of the season. Made five threes, um, 18 points, five of six from three, actually, which is pretty uh, great. Lopez was good off the bench with 12 points. Neto was good off the bench with 12 points. Um, really good um, effort all around from the Wizards, um, just overall from all their guys. Uh, but again, this Rockets team was really, really, really depleted. Um, they also didn't have Dante Exum. Like, I know, I like watching Dante Exum. He hasn't really played. I don't think he's played a game for the Rockets yet. Uh, he came over in that uh, Karis LeVert trade. So, um, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, I I wish that there was put some guys out there in garbage time. Um, but I will say that this was, <laughs> this was one of the worst games I've seen in a while. And it ended in a really fitting fashion with... It was like the Wizards, Rui Hachimura just threw the ball out of bounds. And then after that, um, there's like two seconds left. And then on the inbounds, Denny Avdia fouled someone like Sterling Brown or someone. And like the last two seconds of the game literally lasted like 30 seconds and the game was over. And, uh, I don't know. This, this game was just really hard to watch from an aesthetic standpoint. Um, I do want to talk about <laughs> that the Rockets only got to the rim like... 10 times, but they shot 92.3% at the rim. Um, they shot uh, 56% from mid-range, which is unbelievable, and they only shot 22% from three. Like, this team just doesn't really have guys that can shoot the ball very well. Um, no offense to John Wall, but you still can't shoot, and he shot seven threes. DeMarcus Cousins is a fine, but, like, not an above-average shooter. Uh, he was two for six. Jay Sean Tate is someone who I actually really, really like. Um, <laughs> the Wizards went after an international guy. They went after Anthony Gill, who was playing at CSK Moscow. He played for UVA. Um, kind of like the same path that Jay Sean Tate, Tate took. He played in the NBL last year. He was, like, one of the better players in the NBL. And he came over, and the Rockets got him. The Wizards got Anthony Gill. Anthony Gill got a DNP coach decision tonight, again, for, like, the millionth game in a row. And Jay Sean Tate was actually legitimately good. Like, he has been one of the better rookies this season, um, but, like, he's not really talked about in that conversation because he's, like, 25. But he's, like, actually a good defender. Uh, he's a decent shooter. Um, he can take it to the basket in a straight line. He doesn't make stupid plays offensively. Like, Jayshon Tate is actually, like, a helpful player, which you can't really say about most rookies at this stage. Um, obviously, like, he's at a different stage than someone like Danny Avdia, who's, like, 18, 19 years old. Um, and Jayshon Tate's, like, I think he's, like, 25 or 26, something like that. But he is legitimately helping this team. Um, Daniel House is solid. Like, he, you know, he plays within his role. Uh, as he has the past however many years. I wish the, the Wizards had Daniel House, I remember, at one point for, like, Summer League in the preseason. I wish, like, I always thought that they should have kept him around. Um, and then last year, he finally turned into a rotation-level NBA player. Um, so that kind of affirmed my thinking. But that was, like, three years later. Um, David Nwaba, again, like, another solid guy that the Rockets got pretty cheap. Um, I'm surprised that they were just able to scoop him up. I, th I think he's on a minimum. Um, I'm not quite sure. Don't call me on that. But he had 11 rebounds. Um, he had 19 points. He was, and he plays defense. Like, he is a pretty solid player. Um, you just wish the shooting was a little bit better with him. But, yeah, I guess I will talk about um, some Wizards things. So, first of all, Beal's awesome. Um, teams that 
um, don't have bigs that can really move their feet on the perimeter. Like the Rockets with DeMarcus Cousins really struggled to guard Beal. And whenever DeMarcus Cousins was on the floor, Beal just cooked. Um, Beal also just cooked one-on-one matchups. Like a lot of the shots he took this game were pretty tough shots. Like he did get to the rim some. Um, he did get to the free throw line a good amount. Or, I mean, not as much for him. He got there eight times, which is solid. Um, but again, Beal's shots that he was making were tough. I want to pull up his uh, shot chart super quick. Um, yeah, so he only got to the rim twice, five of seven from floater range, four of seven from mid range, um, only two of seven from three. But Beal had a really, really good game. He was really efficient. And four of seven from mid range is really, really tough, especially like some of the looks he was getting over, like shooting over Sterling Brown, shooting over Jay Sean Tate. Those were tough looks. And like, if you're hitting them, I'm not going to complain. I will definitely complain if you're not hitting them. Um, but really, really good game from Beal. I, I'm so happy that he's on the team um, for now. Um, like, I, I'm not going to get too much into that. But um, really nice night for Beal. He was plus 15 on the night, um, most out of any player on the Wizards by a good amount. Um, something that's interesting. Uh, no, I don't want to get negative yet. I'll talk about Mo Wagner first. Uh, Mo provides... A really interesting element out there, um, just in terms of mobility as a big. Um, so those the other two bigs are obviously um, Robin Lopez and Alex Len. And with those guys, you have to play a drop. And with Mo Wagner, the Wizards ran a lot of hard hedges against John Wall um, just to try to get him away from just driving straight to the basket and finishing at the rim. Um, and you can't, you wouldn't be able to do that with the other two bigs that the Wizards have. So giving having Mo Wagner out there, um, allows the Wizards to do different ball screen coverages. Like they ice a lot of side ball screens, and they can do that because Will Wagner can contain um, someone on the one side of the floor, uh, which is what you need to ice a ball screen. Um, so Mo Wagner is definitely interesting. And then on offense, like he can pop, um, he can roll to the basket. He's a pretty good finisher around the rim. Like Mo Wagner makes plenty of really, really bad mistakes um, in help. He makes a lot of bad mistakes. He fouls a lot. Uh, he's way too foul prone. That's still an issue with him. Um, and then on offense, he does make do like some stupid things sometimes. But um, I love the energy he plays with. Uh, he's always communicating out there, which the Wizards lack in general. Um, and he can move his feet more than other bigs. And he gives him something interesting. I really like playing him with Russell Westbrook. Um, just as someone that can pop, uh, someone that can move their feet a little um, on defense because Westbrook sucks at getting around screens. Um, and because Westbrook is so bad at getting around screens, you really do need a big that can move their feet a little bit more in the pick and roll coverage because it's hard to play a deep drop with a big that can't, or, or with, it's hard to play a deep drop with guards that don't get around screens. And same goes for Bradley Beal. Like, I'll hold him accountable. Bradley Beal sucks at getting around screens, just like Westbrook. And it's hard to play Robin Lopez with those two guys on the floor because they're like, they suck at getting around screens. Um, so to play Mo Wagner and have him like drop you know, closer around the free throw line instead of dropping right under the rim, it definitely does help their uh, pick and roll coverage. I definitely do want to see Mo Wagner play against a better team. Um, I don't know who the Wizards play next. Is it the Nuggets? I have to look that up. Um, but, oh God, <laughs> I hope it's not the Nuggets. That'll be um, interesting. But yeah, Mo Wagner definitely does give this team something interesting. Uh, I'll talk about Rui. Um, no, I don't want to talk. I, again, I don't want to get negative yet. Um, oh, Bertans looks great in this game. Um, he loves running on transition. The more you can get him shooting in transition, the better. Um, what's his face? Drew Gooden talks about it all the time, but he's not just better at shooting because it's transition. He's better at shooting in transition because he gets better looks. Uh, there's a very distinct difference. Um, he's not just better because the offense happens to be, or the defense happens to be transitioning to offense at fast pace. 
Um, he's just getting good looks, and he's awesome. Uh, I love when they use Bertans as a screener in any action, um, because when they, especially as a back screener, um, because using that like Bertans man has to kind of shift over to make sure that whoever's coming off that back screen doesn't get a pass or a wide open layup. And when that happens, it frees up about a foot of space for Bertans to come off and get a good look. And I love when that happens. Oh, and there's there's one really good play. It was like late. It was either in the first quarter or the first half. Um, when Westbrook was handling the ball, um, Robin Lopez made a really, really good read to set like a hammer for Bertans, and Bertans got a wide open three out of that, and it was beautiful. It looked like Bertans from last season, and it was really exciting to see. Um, I want to look up the Wizards' schedule really quick because I want to talk about Mo Wagner potentially matching up with Nikola Jokic um, because that might get ugly. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, so the Wizards play the Nuggets next. I guess I'll talk, the, I'll talk about that at the end. But um, also Neto um, does give the team an element of ball handling off the bench. He gets around screens really well. Um, Neto's probably best aspect is his defense, but also he can space the floor with his ability to shoot the ball. Um, he had a really good night. Uh, Lopez had a solid night. He protected the rim well. Um, he's a good rebounder, and he can make a hook shot. <laughs> That's the only thing he can do on offense is make a hook shot. It's so funny every time he goes to it, but that's what he does, and that's what he's good at. So... Um, you know, whatever. Um, oh, something else that's positive that I will talk about is um, the five out. I love when the Wizards go small. Um, they went to a lineup with Beal, Westbrook, Rui, um, Avdia, and Bertans. Um, kind of just to match the lineups that the Rockets like to play where they have like Jay Sean Tate at the five, I guess, or like Sterling Brown at the five or whoever you wanted to find at the five, they go small with like Mason Jones, Sterling Brown, John Wall, David Waba, Jay Sean Tate, or like Daniel House, insert him with one of the wings. Um, but yeah, to, when they go to that small lineup, you don't have to play a big um, and then just say post up. You can go small because the Wizards' small lineup is probably one of the better lineups to space the floor around Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal to give them lanes to drive and kick. Those lineups look really good. And then switch everything on defense. Don't have to worry about any pick and roll, like ball screen coverage that you're not very good at. Those lineups are good. Um, so keep doing that, please. Um, especially if the other team doesn't have a really physically imposing center, if the other team doesn't have a Joel Embiid, or if like the other team's bench, like if Ray Spawning is in the game, go small and just kill him. Like just looking ahead at the Wizards' schedule, like if uh, uh, who is the Trailblazers backup center right now? Like Harry Giles. Okay. Um, yeah, like, uh, okay. Well, there happens to be not good matches coming up. So I'm going to stop talking about that. But. I, I like the small look. Um, I like experimenting with that a little more in the regular season, um, especially since you aren't doing too well. Um, just experiment with different lineups, and Scott Brooks is starting to do that more, and I really like the creativity that he's shown. Um, so I guess I'll move on to the negatives. Russell Westbrook sucked. Um, he was only plus one for most of the game. He was negative. He got to that plus one in that fourth quarter. That didn't really matter. Um, and he was just bad. Like He gets so many stupid turnovers. He had five in this game. Um, he his shot selection is just like god awful. I don't know what is wrong with it, um, but like I don't know what's wrong with him. He shot eleven shots for the mid range tonight and was four for eleven, which is thirty six point four percent, which is seven or it's point seven two whatever. <laughs> it's point seven three whatever points. No point seven two eight um, points per shot, which sucks. That's terrible. That's ter That's bad offense. Um, from floater range, he was one for five. That's 0.4 points per shot. That's bad offense. From threes, he was 0 for three. None of those shots looked even close. Um, from 
In the restricted area, he was three for three. And when he got his 15 assists because he's good at driving the basket, like a lot of them were from the perimeter, but a lot of his assists were from driving the basketball and making good reads and making good passes. That's what he's best at. Drive the basketball. You can finish. He's a good finisher still. He can still draw fouls when he finishes, and he's a really good passer when he drives to the, to the lane. So I just I'm begging Russell Westbrook to do that because I know that the Wizards need Westbrook if they want to make the playoffs. They need him to be good. They need him to be what he was last season and the year before. And so far, he's just been bad every single game. He's had like two good games all season. He's played like 20. They need him to be good, um, and it's really frustrating to see him continuously be bad. Um, he was not good tonight. I don't care that he got a triple-double. Like He wasn't good, and he was terrible on defense. He's always terrible on defense. They need him to be good on offense. They need him to be Westbrook, push the ball in transition off of defense rebounds. They need him to attack the rim at every single chance. They need him to attack mismatches. There are so many times where he has, like, Sterling Brown should not be able to guard Russell Westbrook on the perimeter one-on-one. Like That, that should be a mismatch. Um, and there's my episode Lee Westbrook rant. Um, I'll talk about Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia. Um, the, both those guys had a rough game tonight. Um, like Avdia is a rookie. I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. Rookies are never, almost never good in their rookie year. Like last year, um, the rookies that played to a replacement level of player were, was only Zion and John Morant. And then Tyler Hero, by the very end of the season, was playing at above replacement level. But besides that, none of the rookies were. Um, so... You can't really expect that. Like, Denny Avdi is not a replacement-level player right now, which is perfectly fine. He shows perfectly, like, he shows good signs when he's out there. Um, tonight was a bad matchup for him because the Wizards switched one through four in the pick-and-roll, and the Rockets, every time Denny Avdi was on the floor, just ran a pick-and-roll at him and just got him switched on to John Wall, and he couldn't guard John Wall, which is perfectly fine. John Wall looks really good athletically right now, and if Avdi can't stay in front of him, that that's just not a good matchup for him. Um, but the same goes for Rui. Rui played a ton tonight. Um... The Rockets really, really hunted Rui in the pick and roll, and Rui just could not stay in front of John Wall at all. Uh, that was pretty ugly. Um, they put the Wizards in rotation a lot, just getting uh, Rui Hachimura switched on to John Wall. But that's not really Rui's role to be a defensive stopper. I don't know what Rui's role is supposed to be because um, he can't shoot. He's not really a good defender. Um, I don't know what Rui's supposed to be. I guess we'll see with him in the future, but... I don't know. I'm not a big uh, Rui fan. Um, yeah, so I guess that game was pretty ugly. I don't want to go too long, so I'll go through my notes and then I'll let you out of here. I guess just to, so first thing in my notes, um, just to harp on that Rui point, the first play of the game, the Wizards ran a uh, side pick and roll, and then Rui was at the dunker spot, and it just completely mucked up the whole play, and it ended up with a turnover, I believe. Um, and yeah, that was <laughs> that was bad. Um, oh, there's this one play. You're going to see it probably all over Instagram and Twitter, whatever. Um, Russell Westbrook or John Wall got a big dunk. Make sure when you watch that play to watch Bradley Beal and his terrible weak side help defense because Bradley Beal sucks at weak side help defense. Um, I'm going to make sure I keep saying that. Again, with Rui, I have another note in here that's like Rui at one point fouled John Wall on like the Wizards' Euro foul. I'm perfectly fine with Euro fouling if it's like a four on one, three on two, like four on two, super advantageous offensive situation. But if it's a three on five and they're not, they don't even have fast break, or it's like a five on five and they just happen to be like moving fast, don't foul them. Like, please, that's a bad foul. Um, especially when you're when the other team's in the bonus. Like, Rui fouled John Wall while they were in the bonus on a three on five fast break. That was really, really bad. Um, and yeah, oh, something that was interesting actually, an adjustment that Scott Brooks made defensively, which I thought was really good, was there, like, if you ever watch UVA, 
um, play, like their pack line defense. Um, when someone's at the top of the key, they kind of, um, well, depending on the matchup, obviously, but a lot of times they have like two guys at the elbows and two guys at the blocks um, in their pack line. And then like the one guy guarding the ball at the top of the key. That's what the Wizards are doing when John Wall had the ball, just because they're not scared of any of the Rockets shooting. And I thought that was a really good adjustment from Scott Brooks, especially coming off a of back-to-back. You usually don't see adjustments like that. And that was great. Um, this is a good Scott Brooks game, uh, definitely. Um, just going through my notes. Oh, the Wizards ran this one really, really interesting action where it was a, someone came off an Iverson cut. Uh, it, it flowed into a side ball screen. But then the screener who set the side ball screen set a down screen for Bertans, um, who was at the other elbow, and Bertans popped up. It was a really, really good-looking play, but Westbrook was the ball handler, and he shot a really bad mid-range bank shot, and he missed, um, which was really disappointing because I thought that play design was just, like, really cool. Um, oh, something that I did want to look up was the Wizards' offense when uh, Westbrook is on the floor and Beal isn't on the floor. Um, that's something I wrote down to look up because I meant to look that up last time, but I didn't. Um, so I, oh, I'm, for all these like stats that I use for these types of lineup data, um, I do use cleaning the glass, um, because I bought cleaning the glass and cleaning the glass is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just trying to pull up on the court, Russell Westbrook, alphabetic order should be easier. Okay. Bradley Beal flips the lineups is exciting. Um, Oh, my God. Okay, so with Russell Westbrook on the court and Bradley Beal off the court, the Wizards' offense has an offensive rating of 97.2, good for the first percentile. Their effective field percentage is 47.1, good for the second percentile. Um, Free throw rate is 14.3, fourth percentile. Offensive rebound rate is 17.2, second percentile. So they have the first percentile on defense, solid 64th percentile on uh, or. First percentile on offense, solid 64th percentile on defense, equates to fourth percentile in terms of point differential at negative 13.7, which is terrible. When Russell Westbrook is on the floor and Beal is off the floor, the Wizards shoot 25% of their shots at the rim, which is in the fifth percentile, so which is way less than they normally shoot, and they shoot way more mid-range jump shots. Does that surprise anyone? <laughs> their effective field goal percentage is in the second percentile, as I already said. Um, and their, their mid-range shots, as they're shooting them a lot, um, they only make four per, in the fourth percentile at 32.6. Who do you think that's from with Russell Westbrook-led lineups? And, and their three-point percentage is in the 17th percentile at 34.4%. Um, those numbers are really staggering. Uh, I thought they were going to be staggering. I didn't expect them to be that staggering, so I'm kind of patting myself on the back right now. Um, I guess I had a couple more notes, but, yeah, no, I want to leave with that. That was... That was a great stat read by me. Um, so, yeah, just keep that in mind next time you see a Russell Westbrook lineup without Beal in there. Like, those numbers are really, really bad. Um, Scott Brooks has to figure out something else to do with Russell Westbrook. Like, because the eye test 100% supports those numbers. There's a reason why I wrote that down in my notes in all caps to look that up, to remind myself to do that. Um, because the, the eye test says that those lineups are terrible. The numbers say that those lineups are terrible experiment like throw Troy Brown out there throw Garrison Matthews and Mo Wagner out there and I don't know do something to fix that offense run more plays run more pick and roll like you got to do something with Westbrook out there without Beal to make your offense flow better than it does because right now it's just a ton of isos and to pull up jump shots um you have to talk to Westbrook and you have to run more stuff um and that's about it so um yeah so next game is Wednesday um against the Denver Nuggets that game's at 8 p.m so on a podcast, it's going to be really interesting to see if Mo Wagner 
guards um, Nikola Jokic because I can't imagine how that's going to work in the post. And then you can't double uh, Jokic in the post because he's such a good passer. So I have no idea how that matchup's going to look. That might be ugly. Um, and then the Wizards don't have the guys to attack Jokic downhill in terms of pick and roll. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, the Nuggets are a good team, but the Wizards have won two straight. Um, so there's always hope. So yeah, definitely watch that game. And then I'll have a podcast coming out that evening or the next day. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod, but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time. 